0: Welcome to Design Talk. In the next few episodes, we'll be looking at the design ecosystem for new products and new ventures, working across the product-team interface, understanding how to work with teams from the outside-in and the inside-out. I'm Alan Higgins, in discussion today with Liam Bannon, Professor Emeritus and Founder of the Interaction Design Centre at the University of Limerick, and first, Liam, to start the uh, a discussion and um, can you give us a short sketch of the arc of your career path you can go back well, as far as you like
1: if I start I think from university uh, my first university was UCD University College Dublin but I studied uh, I started in science there but interestingly they had a new grouping in uh, in my second year that Normally it would be chemistry, biochemistry and that. But it had a new grouping of psychology and computer science, which was quite unusual, computer science at that stage. 1971 was barely, had just become an undergraduate subject. And psychology normally was in the arts faculty, not in science. But in the end, I didn't know much about either of them actually when I started <laughs> and that was a good reason to explore them. So that's started me out and I, I've in a sense, the conjunction of human and computer the psychology and computer science, in a sense has framed my career, my academic career ever since and and my interests in, in general in that I have focused on human-computer interaction in terms of the design of interfaces to systems, designing interactive artifacts. I've also taken an interest in technology and society issues so looking at the role of technology and society and how we think about human work and automation as well so these are have all been entwined in a way in my work so after i studied in ucd i spent a year briefly at trinity college in dublin uh, working in uh, computing as doing a master's there and then i move on to canada to the university of western ontario which is in london ontario near Toronto, and I did my PhD there with uh, Professor Zenon Pilishan. I found that he had a strong or mix of interests which included philosophy and artificial intelligence and psychology, so I was in a psychology department, but with quite a lot of computational uh, aspects as well computing so i spent uh, some years there and uh, finished eventually my phd and then i was in between things but i after a brief period i did a little work in dublin working with the science and technology board uh, working on the production of a conference on science and society technology and labor And then I went as a postdoctoral fellow to uh, work with Donald Norman and his group in San Diego at Cognitive Science Lab there. And that was a large project in human-computer or human-machine interaction, as it was called then. So as I said, you could see in that that there was that relation between people and machines. I should mention that there was one time out in 1978-79. I uh, was a pre-doctoral intern at Honeywell Systems Research Centre in Minneapolis and uh, Minnesota and also a postdoctoral predoctoral affiliate of the Centre for Research and Human Learning at the University of Minnesota. And that was quite an interesting uh, place to be again. And it also made me, gave me some interest in, uh, or gave me some awareness of the military industrial complex in more detail as I was working in an avionics facility in the Honeywell Systems Research Center. And it affected my views on those issues.
0: And, and uh, you also had some uh, involvement with Xerox at uh, various points.
1: Well, yes, I, I did work um, as a consultant also, a bit later in Cambridge with Xerox Research Center. Um, and I also had some linkages with Park, with Xerox Palo Alto Research Center. and um, that was connected with our HMI project where we had some contacts with some of the researchers there, along with our group in San Diego, and we, we had contacts there which continued.
0: Bringing forward a little, you started the Interaction Design Centre uh, in, in Limerick, and there you established a research community, a design community.
1: There's a number of different aspects design. I mean, interaction design is related to the work in human-computer interaction-interaction. Partly trying to th- look at how we think about artifacts in interaction with people, people interacting with artifacts. So it was also to, to delineate it as to make it distinct from our thinking about industrial design or other forms of design. So interaction design is also uh, In a sense, a somewhat novel topic to think about because the notions of interacting, as I say, with and through artifacts, because sometimes we tend to think simply about dealing with interfaces, whereas if we talk about interaction in some senses, interaction through space, for instance, it also makes us think in terms of architecture, in terms of design, So Interaction Spaces opens up new ways of thinking about technology and is somewhat different to thinking about a more traditional human-computer interface approach. So what I was trying to do in, uh, in Limerick was to create an environment that was quite different from simply a lab space or an experimental space where we might do experiments but to create a more creative studio environment which would allow for us to work together more from a kind of an arts creative arts perspective working in open spaces working with and through artifacts and as i say with a quite different feel to it to that being of uh, of experimental or laboratory, more narrow laboratory spaces. So we like to have certain performance spaces, certain spaces where people could be able to interact with and through the artifacts that, that we create. And that was quite different too, and also created challenges for us, because, for instance, in terms of the kinds of teaching we wanted to do, that was also um, more open or workshop-based. What we wanted was kind of a more practical environment, which was quite different from our normal teaching lab or science lab. It also involved us in interacting with people from very different backgrounds, so that the mix of people we were working with were from many different uh, disciplines. and. In my mind, this is also a necessity. Like on both the human and the artistic, the sociological, the anthropological, uh, the psychological, all of these are all elements in the flux of, of our discipline and uh, quite different to our traditional notions of uh, engineering work. Collaborative work, are, which has been a, a strong component of um, the work i've been involved in over the years um in a sense well what does it mean suddenly if you start to talk about collaborative work as if it's something brand new or whatever in one sense all, all work is collaborative and um, by its very nature so there's some sense in which to the extent that we we think about it, sometimes work as being um singular it actually makes it very unnatural actually. So why it is that we, like, we have to work with others. We have to communicate with others, with and through others. We, we are um, building a piece of software. We're um, building the next piece of software. We're taking a piece of software from somebody. We are trying to co-design, in some cases, pieces or in other places, adding to or taking from. So the whole issue of collaboration to me is, uh, in a sense, it's, it's f- so fundamental. There are occasions when somebody individually creates or has a, a particular design concept, but even there you might say that it comes in the background or on the works of others. But in most cases, we are collaboratively. Designing.
0: I was going to jump in and 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 sort of observe that in some sense these uh, big words get bandied around: collaboration, um, interaction, uh, co-creation. But uh, it, it's it's. I think what I see in your work and what I, I I appreciate is a sort of deliberate attention to the detail of
1: how that's performed. In my case, I mean, we would hope that. What we are designing is, um, and how we are, is that in some sense we are helping people in co-constructing their workplace, for instance, that some participative design elements were uh, using technology. We are trying to assist people in how their workplace might be designed in ways that up to now, or very often they haven't been engaged or are allowed to engage with that and in the sense if you look at traditional engineering or requirements the notion of requirements in software engineering is a very problematic topic in my view they're very often too static they don't want they don't develop with the project they don't um and then people end up trying to build to a particular static notion which is not actually helpful in the actual design situation i think again that's an area that has evolved over the last several years and in a sense it's interesting the way we can meld some of these things like the whole issue of extreme programming the whole issue of agile itself is an exactly is part of an attempt to fit into some awareness that the old style waterfall type models, even if they weren't classical waterfall, still there was a strong semblance of this static design of systems, which now is um, contrasted with the agile format and the whole issue of co-working with that, of having scrums. Talk to me a little about the way, well, let's say
0: uh, software and technology has learned a little bit from um, traditional architecture. And Christopher Alexander based his approach on observing more, and I see that in the sort of collaborative spaces that you bring users into. It's They're, they're observational spaces, aren't they?
1: Well, I think the, one of the interesting things, if you look at Alexander's earlier work, uh, very much in the design earlier design books were very traditional in a way in terms of top down thinking.
0: Well, he, he naturally was educated in that tradition. Yeah. And he sure. had in a sense to break out of that.
1: Exactly, and he did. And he he did, I think, and so his whole theme around patterns and that. Now, patterns gets a whole lot of airplay and has a, a lot of different connotations. What Alexander realized was in a way that there was tremendous knowledge in the way that people did things which satisfy all sorts of complex criteria of light and space and sound etc through for instance arcades through enclosures of different forms that this already Kind of gave us a lot of insight into how we should design for living. Talking about living, so it's, and that was and so what he does really is a systematic inquiry or uh, observation of what we see around us, what we which we haven't paid attention to, of all sorts of designs. I think it's a, absolutely. Fascinating work that he is like he that he has done. I also find it um yes, he's inspirational, very much so, in in that sense of also working with and understanding what we see around us.
0: When technologists come in to provide solutions for new um, work working environments, and let's say they're a technical work environment like air traffic control or control systems they're coming into an existing that has its own vernacular its own styles of working and so what i get is that appreciate what's been done because the solution is often an adaptation of that in some sense there's a lot of wisdom in the way
1: people work yeah well i mean some of this is it's not simply that people perform a task people you know ex they've They do their work, which involves in some cases more than executing tasks. So like in human factors, you may have people doing task analysis. In the French ergonomic tradition, they do have a tradition of work analysis, which is actually observing the work, videoing the work. A bit like what we've become more used to now in talking about requirements. Earlier requirements were taken from documents they were taken from or from the statements of certain people who supposedly knew what the work should be, engineers or managers, and not from the workers themselves in some cases, in terms of observing or listening to how they did their work and what was involved in doing that. And so in many cases, as I say, in that sense, one of the biggest actors on the scene didn't play you know and there are times when we think that the solutions people have designed are inhuman
0: we've kind of led into the notion of participatory design human-centered design and the promise of it has has do you think participatory design and and hcd lived up to its goals
1: well, again, these people use these labels in some quite different ways, and what what it means, or if you say to somebody, you know, are you going to do some user analysis? Are you going to do some human centered design? And people, what people might mean by that may be quite different. So it can be sometimes just a shibboleth, it says something that it doesn't mean very much. In other cases, I think what we have started to realize is kind of a clear sense that we were professionals like psychologists or human factors people or engineers going out and examining certain cases, the workplace or the person, but not actually paying attention to the the whole setting in which this happened. And in that sense so we look at the human as an information processor in certain ways, but they wouldn't look at the the environment, the actual working environment within which things were happening. And in that sense, we missed, at times, what actually work was going on. That's why, in more recent times, we have this focus on ethnography or field studies of different forms where People now do try to pay more attention to both listening to the user, the user's word that's over overused, I know also, but listening to the worker or to the people involved listen not in the sense that because they know immediately what they should design, but we can we can support them in that. Um, but it's more also to observe what they' are doing so what, what people are doing how they do it, how they say they're doing it these are all elements that we need to work with and in some cases it's still the case that we do not actually engage or involve the people that should be involved
0: so co-creation is still elusive
1: yes it is it can be and um, very much but i think there is some level and at which you could say that um, that there's more engagement than than in the past, yes, there's some element of that, and even you can see now in ISO standards, even like if you look now in systems development, you know the idea of involving the user discussing, observing etc is a is now a, a formal tenet of ISO. I, I suppose authentic
0: uh, observation is an improvement on the sort of abstract requirements gathering process, but to have that, that deeply involved co-creation and participation is what we're talking about, the democratic kind of production of a new design. Is that possible?
1: You know, the context in which we are in, you know, one has to take into account the, everything, in term, including the political... Uh, environments we're in sometimes you have people like designers say they speak for the quote user or worker or whatever and again I have a problem with that because I don't think we should speak for them it's not you know you can hand them the microphone, <laughs> give it the issue what we've tried to do in some of our the methods of participatory to design are to try to encourage people actually to find a voice. Uh, it's not that you want to speak for them, but you can actually try to provide tools that allow them to speak for themselves, to make to make marks, to put up graffiti, to kind of show, and um, to allow them because they may not be as uh, articulate or as inarticulate. <laughs> At times, as certain academics may be, <laughs> or prof- or professionals for that matter. Yeah. Um, and so that is very important. And that's something that from the early uh, work in PD that have been concern about providing methods of helping to make it real, not to simply have it as a a label that... Yes, we're all here to listen to your concerns. We can all listen, but in some cases, you find that the people talking are the same, professionals. In some cases, and not there's not much um, real participation. Yeah,
0: I'm reminded of the um, advice to have an on-site customer, to have somebody from the domain in the team. Sure.
1: What happens in some cases, in some of the software cases we've seen in the past, is where they will people will appropriate kind of one of the workers <laughs> uh, to be their quote, and they become their super user kind of uh, the person they go to, and who actually may even become longer term taken on board in a way captured and captured, yeah, and because that's because it's it can be difficult also. Some of the other ways is when we're trying to participate it's just too much of a pain, yeah, sometimes, and again, sometimes I mean some of the labels and the topics it can become a bit um a lip service, service too, yeah, yeah. Or, or thinking that what does it really mean? But the point is in there are senses in which you can see in certain settings where there there is work going on, ongoing work, kind of, you know, with the team. Of course, the big issue is, it was an environment which is very different to what we see in more recent um, systems or software work, where people are designing for particular user groups.
0: What I love is the idea of uh, goal-driven
1: design, where you exactly. Well, also, if you can watch, it can be very, very instructive to actually have somebody actually use it. And one of the things you may discover, I mean, uh, all these unintended uses. And that's one of the areas I've, again, just been uh, exploring at times about how unintended use, actually, you know, that, um, how... But it relates, I think, to my interest in, well, play, play, is maybe there to exploration but in a sense play is also a part of work and it's a well it's a part of our part of the human condition yeah absolutely activity yeah
0: play is typically not goal directed no and so yeah to, to bring that as another lens to the design process would be really valuable too we're, we're kind of skimming across the surface of, of a lot of this, and I know you've got some views on the role of bricolage and user design and uh, the link between participative design and action research. Ultimately, I think what design is is about changing
1: the world. Indeed.
0: Thank you for listening and sharing this episode. The music is dismantled by Ben Prunty and used with his permission.